Welcome to the Business of Music. I'm Jan Hall from Folk Roots Radio. And I'm Gary Glass from Quantum Sound Productions. The Business of Music is a new video podcast and an audio podcast. Can I say that? Both. Yes. Basically, uh, the focus is to help independent musicians navigate the music business through discussion and interviews. Uh, on this show, we're going to have lots of fun. And this is the first one, isn't this it, Gary? This is episode number one. Episode number one of the business of music. And today we're starting off our first episode with duo Fresh Breath, Josh and Katie Pascoe from Cotton, Ontario. They um, describe their music as folk, rock, blues, pop, country, with a lot of heart and soul. <laughs> you know, and I got goosebumps when I read that on your bio. I, I love the way that you wove that in. That's just such a uh, a great way to, to describe your music. Yeah. So between the two of you, give us a quick timeline of your careers in music industry. There's nothing really quick about it, actually. We've uh, we've been doing this over a decade now, probably 12 to 13 years, and uh, we still feel like we're just starting out. So we're just we're just as excited as when we first did this. So, but uh, we met uh, playing at parties. We we're always at the same place, and uh, we started writing music instantly, and we clicked, and uh, we just realized that we need to be doing this. So from there, we. Uh, we started putting out music right away. We wrote like two albums in the first six to eight months yeah. that we were together. Uh, that all sounds very romantic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if I didn't mention, they are a married couple. So. <laughs> the music came first, the and then we, uh, yeah, and then we got together second. But uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Do you have anything? But yeah, basically, um, it's about I'm going to say 15 years in, and like Josh said, I feel like we're still just at the very beginning of it there's so much for us to explore still and to do and um this is definitely a pivotal moment for us so you were a band at one time too we were mm -hmm. we yeah. went through a couple of uh back lines of band members uh we did we did two eps with uh one group that we were there was five of us and uh we had some success and we started traveling and we started booking shows and then uh, as when you get into your mid-20s, life seems to get in the way and, it, you know, it's there was no hard feelings with anything, but just some people had kids and some people <laughs> wanted different things out of life. And we always knew this is what we wanted. So then we uh, just kind of kept powering through and we've always remained fresh breath. Uh, that's always been our was name. Was it fresh breath when you were the band we as well? Fresh yeah. breath band. Yeah. Um, but it was always fresh breath. So it's always been Josh and I, which has been great because... Um, it's been easy to keep it going. Um, yeah. We haven't been changing names. Um, yeah. There hasn't been a lot of rebranding having to go on, right. which has been nice because there's a lot of people that have to start from scratch when your band disbands. But we did a lot of the writing and we always kept that name and that vibe. So we have just always kept the name. So we haven't had to do the whole rebranding, which can be tough if you put in five or six years with a group of guys and then or girls mm -hmm. and you have to disband for whatever reason and you feel you need to rebrand. It's like starting all over again. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you find that was always interesting when you start off in music like this? I mean, was it the fun of making music together that, that drove everything? I mean, did it ever become like a a business proposition? I, I do notice that when I 
you know, I interview a lot of people about their music and mm -hmm. they seem to fall into to two camps. There are those people who just enjoy having fun. And yeah, if I can make a bit of money doing what mm -hmm. I'm doing, that's great. Mm -hmm. And other people seem incredibly focused of, you know, this is really, it's my career mm -hmm. and I'm going to try and do all the steps right? Uh, and find all the people I need to bring together to make it work. I think we've had a pretty good balance of doing a little bit of both. Um, we've always written original music and that's always been the the passion and where we've had the most fun um, because it's our own, it's our own expression of, of what we we think music should be or what we want it to be. Yeah. Um, we also have had times though um, where it seemed like a job. I mean, you play at the bars and you're playing the same songs and it gets to be, you know, that thing. Yeah. If you can fall into that sometimes and then it kind of can take some of the fun away from it, but it's all in your attitude, I think, yeah. and what you really want to see happen. So yeah. what are your primary influences, do you think, in your music? In the music itself, uh, it's we our writing process is really I'd say it's unique in the fact that it's just whatever comes out. We don't try and stick to a genre. We don't we just like whatever we're going through at the time. If we put a lick together that sounds good and you're like, oh, I I've been feeling this yeah. way. Let's work on that. Like there's a, a new song on uh, <clears throat> the record that's coming out soon, the end of March, hopefully. Um, that we it's called uh, <clears throat> one liners. So we just sat down and we wrote five one-liners out, like each, and then we built a song around it. Mm -hmm. So like none of the lyrics really are tied together, but the theme is what the song is about. So like, I don't know, I guess just whatever we're feeling and however we feel, sometimes it's blues, like sometimes it's rock. We're always listening to different types of music. And I always think of that, like, is this influencing me <laughs> on <Yeah>. my writing? <laughs> everything everything that comes yeah, out, yeah, right? I feel Subconsciously. like it's, it's like a mash of everything that, you know, like there's definitely lots of influences there, but it's hard to pinpoint just one. Yeah. Well, you know, when we were looking at your website, which is freshbreathband.com, yes. is that right? And, you know, I looked at the list of influences and, you know, you, you it's like, well, yeah, we've got a whole bunch yeah. of people. <laughs> yeah. That, I couldn't that stop really it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we listen yeah. to so much. We're constantly trying to find new artists too, like not just what's uh, on mainstream radio. We're always trying to find new independent artists that are... <clears throat> Not just pushing boundaries of how far you can make it and how fun the music can be. Inspiring. And, yeah, yeah, inspiring. But I, like as far as writing goes, I don't I don't feel like we ever try to make anything sound like it, any particular artist. Sometimes it just comes through naturally. But, hmm. So yeah. tell us a little bit about the, the songwriting itself. Uh, you both write. Do you we do, yeah. go away to your own corners and work on Sometimes, things and then uh, come back? Yeah. Or, or do you like times, to work together? A lot of times Josh will write something separate or I'll write something separate and then we bring it together and we'll kind of, you know, work on it together. Um, but then other times we'll we'll write together and it seems like we, we do problem solution writing a lot. Mm -hmm. One of our songs, Pick Up, Move On, um, that was released a few years ago, um, Josh had this great chorus, Pick Up, Move On, um, very positive and he couldn't figure out what where to go with it and i kind of came in and did like a backstory version of verses to kind of you know build a story um so that's kind of a um, a fun way that we like to write too yeah I think comes katie's good at the serious 
uh, versus, and then <laughs> the simple solution apparently is where I'm at, <laughs> which, which I got with a catchy chorus of some yeah. sort. But so yeah, we like to write like that. Who's as well. the musical genius portion? Oh, both of you. I, it, Katie's a melodic genius, I think, as far as melody goes for, uh, lyrically, it's, <clears throat> she's on another level, but I, I write a lot of the actual like music parts. So I play piano, guitar, drums, and on this album, I play just about everything under the sun yeah, on it. Josh is definitely <clears throat> a multi-instrumentalist and can kind of dabble in a little bit of everything, which is great. When you have to disband so many times, you kind of have to just learn how to play everything because it's like, I'm done relying on people. But we also have, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, you just, you got to do what you got to do to, you know, get the, get the music out. And I, we always want the albums to sound full, but you don't always have people... In your inner circle that you can call upon. Luckily for this album that we're doing now, uh, we have uh, drums and bass line like that is great friends and great musicians also. So they're coming in for a few songs on this album. But so I, I feel like Katie's the melodic genius. She's, <laughs> yeah, she's good. So the new album that's coming out is the big picture. I yes. always think it's interesting because a lot of people who are you know in the studio working on an album. Uh, and I'll say, well, well, that's great. What's the album called? Oh, I haven't decided that. But you guys, because I gather you still have songs to make, but I think you've already um, decided this is going to be the name of the album. The songs yeah. are done. Yeah, we we didn't didn't take us very long to figure out the album name. I don't know. It just mm. kind of came. Yeah. yeah. Does that reflect a song on the album or? I think all the, of them pretty much. It's, it's kind of, of like a, yeah. Yeah, it's like a summary of what, what we're going through. When you listen to the lyrics of the album, um, it's basically our perspective on our lives to this point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You you're very upbeat. It's just the last album, like 2017's Up Against the World. I mean it was yeah. like <laughs> it's fresh breath against the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There but was some you, angst there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well that was coming off from a from a second disband. Right. <laughs> so it's like it's just us two and it's us against the world. Yeah. And that's when all the instrumental learning became apparent like katie's dual instrumentalist now she's playing a lot of flute on this album and so you just kind of you got to be a chameleon to bring it all together and, and which also creates a struggle for the live show because it's <laughs> like what do you play and how do you recreate all this with two people yeah, so yeah, it's sure. going to be fun that journey's going to be fun too I, so. I, I sense they have a lot of fun when they make music well, together which, a, which is obviously important times. i mean it's yeah. interesting you know we talk about bands disbanding obviously you know you you know you're an intimate couple. I mean, mm. you you know, that's not something that's that's possible. But you know, no. you do see that you know, creative differences getting in the way of people, yeah, yeah, and, and breaking things up. When yeah. you, um, you know, without sort of asking too many questions, can you just talk about what tends to drive what you know drove bands to break the up? Band? Yeah, it's always just personal lives. It's never Time. fights within the yeah. band. Nobody. We've always gotten along with people that we played with. Uh, this. Like we, we still go to see the shows of our friends that we've disbanded with. Like we have no hard feelings with any of them. It's right. always just people's lives. Some people have children. Some people are, especially full-time musicians are playing too much <clears throat> so that you can't, you can't get your show to where you want it to be because everybody's being yeah, t the, tugged in the each part -timers direction. part-timers may have a full-time job with right. exactly. shifts involved and things exactly. like that. So you can't, yeah. and like we're not perfectionist, but we like to be tight. When we play live, we don't want to be like, oh, well, it's okay. That's close. You know, yeah, it's close. <laughs> like that was, you know, so we like to be tight. Our struggle was our 
our time, you know, everyone's time is precious and they, everyone's busy and has their own things. But we wanted to make sure we were getting together enough to, you know, jam and practice and get tight. Mm-hmm. And it, it just never worked out. So instead of forcing something to happen that wasn't, you know, going to work out, we just yeah. decided it's easy with the two of us. We're always together yeah. um, and we're jamming in the living room every night anyway. So yeah. And, and just- the fact, I guess, <laughs> that you are comfortable playing, I mean, playing a bunch of instruments now and you know that that obviously means that you don't need to depend on so many other people you know except perhaps in certain live situations situations yeah Yeah. and like we have a a a backline that's coming in for a few songs in this album and for a few shows coming up that are great and they're dependable and super fun and super talented so and it's just it's all about timing and and you know i think we needed to take that that break and do that album just the two of us and, and it, we learned so much so i'm just yeah. thankful for all the opportunities that we've can, gone can yeah. we talk about recording the new album mm-hmm. um you mentioned you're in the midst of it now are you where are you recording are you recording at the um, farm in kingsville at sound foundry studios okay with brett humber okay yep a great friend of ours we've done a lot of recording oh yeah he's a great yeah. guitarist yeah. Yeah. yeah really love watching him play yeah amazing engineer too his yeah. ear is just off the charts good he's he's something else to work with yeah. so like this is our third body of work that we've done with him yeah so actually no fourth now we did two eps with our first band and then we did another ep with our second bandmates and then now we're doing a full-length yeah. album with them so. so so what about the challenging question of money and you know yeah and funding albums i mean yeah are you not... self-funding everything yep. mm-hmm. um Josh and I have been fortunate enough. Well, I mean, I guess how, depends how you look at it. We are <laughs> we are working full time jobs right now. So, and we have been for a long time. So, we kind of use that extra money for our music, and mm-hmm. it's great because we're able to do that. And a yeah. lot of bands, you know, it takes a long time to save up for that kind yeah, of stuff. This is kind of the last um, hurrah, I think, with spending a lot of money on stuff because this is our first year transitioning into full-time music so we're putting a lot into this album in preparation of touring it and into what we can do with this album because we will probably be a little more strapped for cash in the coming years we might be uh touring this one for a while <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll be playing a lot in the barn right? yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> but also i think because we're both in this together we're husband and wife and our money we both decide is going to go towards this you yeah. know thing so I don't know if that would work for every couple, you know. Yeah. No, it's but, uh, uh, it's not unique, but it's yeah. different. Right. You yeah. know, when you're both pretty focused on what your future is going to be. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, I have this dream, I'm going to follow it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, a lot of people who are, you know, juggling two careers. Um, I, the interesting thing is sometimes I'm surprised by people who I didn't actually realize mm had a full-time job but you know mm. they their focus is you know i'm a musician when i'm interacting with people in music mm-hmm. i don't talk about whatever else i do to make money mm-hmm. um but i need to do that because that allows me to to get going and yeah. and it's tricky isn't it when you're trying yeah. to decide when can i try and you know and focus more on just the music right. yeah we've like we've kind of figured out in the last because we've decided to go an alternative route like a lot of our friends are married and they've all got two or three kids now and like <laughs> we've d- decided to pursue something a lot different and we've realized that you can't just have one foot in and one foot out if you want it you got to go get it and that's what we're going to be doing so 
it's a big step and there's so much anxiety and it's <laughs> but that's a great part of being a musician it's like put it on paper <laughs> so what does success look like for you i mean if we were going to say okay josh and katie in the future what would success be i mean are we talking about you know a big house in the country or you already live in the country <laughs> maybe not a big house so yeah. that probably yeah. isn't important but what, um, what would success mean i think basically we just want to be able to play music for a living and and do that full time like that's mm. success to me pay because the bills that's just be yeah be able to pay, there's no travel and play yeah. music and share our music with people yeah delusions it's, of grandeur is not what we have. Yeah, the industry doesn't <laughs> you know yeah doesn't allow that for too many people no really. that's just it but there are there's so many levels i saw a meme the other day that like there's a lot of levels between starving artists and kenny chesney sure you know like it, there's <laughs> i don't know if that's a good reference or not but uh, i'm assuming, he has, I'm assuming he has money i don't know i'm not really but i just <laughs> the, that country cheddar if you will yeah but uh you know like there's so many different levels and as long as you're okay with that like we don't have delusions of grandeur like i said i just want to be able to play music and make people's day doing it and pay the bills and continue living the way that we are now. Yeah. So we're excited about it. Can we switch the conversation into gigging? You sure. have an Ontario tour, I think, taking place this spring, mm -hmm. and then you're going to be heading out west in September. Yes. One of the hard things is it's great to say, yeah, I'm going on tour. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a tour of Ontario. Or I'm going to go out west and do a tour. Right. But then you actually have to book some shows. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, can you talk a little bit about how you manage that? Yes, mm -hmm. Josh has actually been the kind of email manager <laughs> for this. Yeah, uh, correspondence is key. Like you, a lot of people talk about how musicians are not so much flaky, but oh, you're late or you don't show up on time or, you know, like you can't be that. You just can't do that. So like when you're emailing people, you have to be on top of your game. You have to get back to people promptly. And I know she does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's just We're both that. pretty good. With yeah. Her. And like we'll like if she's handling a chain, then she's got that chain, you know. So sure. and if I have a chain that I'll handle that chain. But I think as far as getting into places, you got to do your uh do you check? So, what do you research to find the venues, and then yeah, like if like or, the best thing, social media. If you're following people that are doing what you're doing, yeah, so find, you're, find, you're finding people who are playing these places. Find people who are playing these places. Similar. There's people touring. If they've got sure. the same kind of act that you do, then you can easily be like, oh, well, we kind of have that kind of act. We could yeah. we could play that place. Oh, well, how about I look it up online? Venues, so let's check them out. Yeah. Let's find so an and then you just contact. blast yeah. emails. Like that's the way that we do it. You find out some of uh, some Facebook pages or websites have uh, booking uh, emails. Like, booking forms. Yeah. yeah. So like you just send them out. Make sure you have a good, you don't even have to have a professional EPK that you get through something like Reverb Nation, which we have also. But if you can just send them your website and a couple of live videos of what you do, you know, just so that it's right there for them. Hi, we're on tour. We're coming through at this date. And you just leave them a bit of a... And make sure you have... You know, lots of leeway and time. Yeah. Oh, you got to. Because people book yeah. so far in advance sometimes. And some people don't. That's the yeah. thing, too. Like, sometimes I'll send an email eight months in advance, and they'll be like, we booked two months out. Right? So and it's like, okay, well, I'm not comfortable with that because I want to be uh, two months out. I want to have my bags back. You kind of yeah. have yeah, to. Exactly. You know, like. Yeah. yeah. But. You kind of have to be open to filling dates along the yeah. way, too. Right? Yeah. So. We, we should mention that the 
uh, EPK is an electronic press kit. Yeah. Um, you know, as someone in radio, I really like to have good information from mm -hmm. people. And it's interesting, and we'll probably get into this part of the conversation a little later, but I found that, you know, since we've moved much more into digital world, there are mm -hmm. a lot of people that are almost skimping on that side of things. Mm -hmm. And again, to me, it comes down to how professionally you regard your music. Even mm -hmm. if you're, you know, as you mentioned before, well, we're still juggling two careers mm -hmm. because that's what we need to do just mm -hmm. now. Um, I find it's really important to have that information clearly, yeah, um, you know, services like Reverb Nation, Sonic mm -hmm. Bids, those sort of things can yeah. can help. Um, my major concern, though, I think about booking gigs, and I want to get your perspective on this: is sure. how often do you send out information and get like nothing back? Oh, constantly. Yeah, and how do you deal with it under those circumstances? What is the next yeah. step? <laughs> you just have to brush it off. Like, do, you, do you follow up? Oh, you, you have to do your due diligence. You have to yeah. follow up. I usually like I, you don't want to bombard people too especially if you're looking for a gig that's eight months down the road and they only book five months out right some people just go oh no i'll deal with that later so you don't want to be like sending three emails a week because then you, you might annoy some people right but like i usually wait a week or a week and a half and i'll send a total of three emails and if i get no response at all like not even a sorry we're not booking or nothing i'll just assume that either we don't fit or that the person that i'm dealing with is very bad at correspondence <laughs> or no and I don't want to deal with and I don't want to deal with them anyways right yeah. so then you're just like okay and move on because there are literally thousands of places to try and get into to move around to play your shows just like, move on there's to the just next you move option, on to the next yeah. there's coffee yeah. houses and bars and pubs and there's just so many yeah. places that you can hit if you don't get one don't feel bad just shrug it off and and then move on like this tour that we're doing in uh, the end of March, it's a lot of the same places that we've done before. So you make relationships with these people and, that's you know, key. you um, get to know these people and that's how you'll get back in and how you'll keep a, a working relationship with the bars and, mm -hmm. and venues that you're going to. What about, though, like when you go out west in September, do you decide to plan your route first and then see what lands on Yeah, so on basically... We're trying to do what we're going to call the Fort Mac and back tour, which is Fort McMurray, Alberta. Um, we have family that's there and we've always wanted to go there. And so we kind of thought that would be fun to do um, Fort Mac and back tour. So, yeah, so we planned out our route um, and we kind of timed it out how we want, how we think it should go and are open minded to changes because... It's not always going to work out that way. And, and then, as you you mentioned, just really chilling out that yeah. you know you you know you you pitch and then you follow up yep. a couple of times, and if yeah. nothing comes, then yeah. you and don't look like at other don't places. get discouraged. Like it's hard. Like as I'm saying this, I, I feel all this at the same time when we're booking and we don't get responses, or like it's very easy to be like, oh, maybe it's because what we're doing isn't good enough. And it's like, well, maybe if you're just sending an email with no contact or no EPK or no professional front then maybe you aren't doing enough but if you have all of your ducks in a row and you you're doing your due diligence don't feel bad just you just gotta yeah sometimes you just don't it, get interest yeah sometimes yeah. you just don't just get interest and like it's it's so you can't take it personal it's no, the entertainment no. business yeah. like it's, you just can't take <laughs> yep. it personally yeah you gotta well, move on so let's talk about marketing and putting your music out there streaming cds you guys do cds mm -hmm. uh, electronic you 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 have download links uh, yep. kind of situation yeah and then i'm sure you're out there streaming but 
that's different success levels for everybody. It yeah. is. I've uh, <clears throat> we follow a, a local like a, a band that's coming through town actually right soon. Uh, Mice on the Hurricane. They're phenomenal. I give them a plug. But anyways, they're oh they're uh, great. I so good. I We're going to see them tomorrow. Hillside. Great. But uh, like uh, they're drummer and manager is very very smart they're doing everything themselves as well and he's just like if you're not on spotify you <clears throat> like it's the way of the future like you have to be doing it you know like i would love to not be doing that and being able to yeah. for every time somebody listens to our music getting paid but it's just not the way that things are going so you can't be in denial about that but also you can't expect to get rich from your streams because it's just not going to happen like <clears throat> the best way to do it is you have to be on there you have to try and get people to listen you have to try and get on playlists so people are listening to your music and uh, then you can tour and then you have audiences then you can start demanding a little bit more money say at gigs and sure. whatnot but you have to be you have to be on all the yeah. platforms to be visible these yeah. days and like for us we've always done we always have printed cds because there's always people that you know at a show it's a great way to get your music out there there's a lot of people that would rather take a cd i don't know if so much right now anymore but mm. um definitely have to be out on all platforms i mean for us we use um cd baby it's a website um makes it easy to do digital distribution um i mean there's they have a good service pay, yeah. yeah you pay for the service and they they set it all up for you like itunes google play amazon music yeah um, spotify and things are available to buy on and you can their buy website too through cd baby as well yeah. and you um, actually get a lot of the revenue from and that. you can order your cds like your hard copies as well too so we love that we've been using that for a while yeah yeah. I like having hard copies. I'm a big fan of looking at an album, seeing yeah. what they did for the artwork, you know, like I'm I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. But and I guess we're getting older. I wouldn't say we're <laughs> old, but like from uh, <laughs> just a perspective of the young people that are getting into this, everybody's digital. Like nobody has a book of CDs in their house still like we do the ridiculous spine, you know, <laughs> that we're flipping through like we still do that. But and so we always like to have hard copies and when you're out and you're playing and people are buying those albums that's the that's most the yeah, it's tangible it's yeah. something they can put in their hand that's and the take home with them it's just like any merch yeah you actually get a piece of the band and for the band if you're out there supporting bands buy that stuff you know like you can stream a song ten thousand times yeah. yourself or buy an album and they'll get that same cut of money, yeah. you know, so. Does that mean you're making less CDs than you were if you look uh, at previous albums? I mean, how, uh, I mean, how many albums, how many well, CDs are you going to make on this new one? Well, you got to do a run of albums. Whenever you do like a hard copy to get, to be able to make a profit on them, the you got to order at least three to 500 of them. Yeah. Just to, so that you gets your cost down enough that you don't have to charge so much yeah. that you and you can still make a profit so we usually print 500 at a time okay and uh like just so that like i said to keep the cost down yeah but it, it's interesting though with the way that things have changed have you thought about looking at vinyl as well is that something yeah, that appeals to you um definitely love that idea and i think it's getting like a lot more popular right now mm -hmm. um but again it's it's an expense it's it's not yeah, a yeah. cheap thing yeah, to have you to, have to run. big runs of that to get at it's, the price yeah. point. Yeah, it check, is. It's like, pretty pricey. Did, yeah, it's yeah. certainly going to be interesting as to whether, like, when you're doing the gig and you have your merch table, 
you know, having the vinyl era, it does seem that more and more people um, like vinyl as more of a memento of yeah. a show. And, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. we seem to be making lots of jokes about getting older, but, yes. you know, with, I mean, I look at so many CDs now that I have trouble reading. I can't believe that I'm saying that, <laughs> but it's true. I wish this but, was, you know, yeah. I just, I wish everything was bigger, like yeah. in the good old days yeah. of the 70s yeah. and yeah, the late 60s. Yeah, you love an album, like, or, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Well, the LPs, the vinyl, the, the packaging. And the packaging and the sound. So great. Yeah. 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 I mean, there are some people who do a really good job at CD packaging, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's yeah. funny because I, if I look at the music that I get every week and, you know, I'm probably, I don't know, I'm kidding. I think I get 20, 25 albums a week. Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's getting a little insane. She has a ridiculous <laughs> number of CDs in her house. I know. Yeah. And, and, you know, <laughs> and it, you know, you know, and then balancing, you know, the people that, you know, want to send me digital tracks, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes without any information, which mm -hmm. I find a little irritating. I know yeah. some DJs won't even look at them oh, if you don't, absolutely. if you don't That's include yeah. the full package. And then you've got the, the people that's sending CDs. But, you know, with the way things have changed, I think unless, people are actually putting more information in with the CD, you know, we are probably moving to that point where, look, you know, getting it out as, you know, downloads or, you yeah. know, you know, with the the streaming is, is the way to go. Yeah. I, I do get concerned that the streaming companies almost seem to have too much power. And mm. I do worry that, you know, particularly with, the, with a company like Spotify, that, mm. You know they are going to be in the Facebook, Google category very rapidly, mm -hmm. uh, and then trying to squeeze everybody else out, which yeah. is the way that those other uh, yeah. internet giants have. have it's gone. kind of scary. I feel like the music industry is the only one that's kind of working that way, like where everything's going digital, but the musicians are the only ones not getting paid for. Yeah, like your people doing Netflix specials are still getting their lump sum to do their Netflix special or movies. They're getting paid to do those projects. And then they're streamed and they, you know, but music, it's just, you put it out there and then it's, it's yeah. just it's the wild, wild west. Yeah. It's free music for everybody, which is, it's great in a way that it's like, it's never been more accessible and it's never been easier to get a it, worldwide audience. It's I never guess. been easier to, to record the, mm. you know, the music and, and put it out, which yeah. is a downfall in itself. Exactly. Cause there's just so much and there's so much, so much not necessarily good yeah you know, which yeah. is but it gets it's interesting because you know when we're talking about independent people like yourselves that you know yeah you can go to cd baby or go to TuneCore or something like mm -hmm. that you know upload your music and boom it's out there mm -hmm. which is great mm -hmm. but then suddenly you've got no control and then you're up against people who you know maybe on you know today's version of what a label is mm -hmm. and then have people who's you know well paid to try and get influencers to pick up yeah. music to put on their playlists. Um, you know, I, I my sense is that things are, are you know, are, are still changing very rapidly and yeah. that, you know, maybe in five to 10 years time, it, we're going to be, you know, not just, I was going to say looking back and saying, you know, what's the CD? But actually, I just, I read something last week where people said, well, you know, actually CDs may start to come back again mm -hmm. yeah. uh, once people realize that, um, you know, they still have their place, but then you get people that say, well, I don't have a CD player in my car. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. true. You know. It's sad. I hate yeah. that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. Like I said, half the fun was like, what are we going to listen to? Let's flip through this. Yeah, like book. a road trip with your yeah. CDs. I don't know. Yeah. We but just, as far as uh, on a standpoint of helping people try to get out there and try to get on these playlists, uh, 
it's all through social networking. Like I've done a lot of research because we're trying sure. to do everything that we can to get noticed, to get out there. Right. Yeah. So like, I was just going to say how yeah. important is social yeah, media well, to just, you? And you can yeah. connect with anybody these days too, which is something that you didn't always have. Like you can find A&R people through LinkedIn. You can find playlist curators on LinkedIn. Like that's their job title. You can look up their name. You can find them on Facebook or on Instagram and you can like their stuff. You can start liking their stuff a lot. And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden they know your name and you're throw your stuff out there to them. And like, you can build an online relationship with never meeting these people. So like, it's, it's it takes, hard to do and it takes investment time. In time and yeah. It's a lot of time, practice, but like, yeah. if you want to get on these playlists and get noticed, you have to devote the time to making these connections to trying. And like, we're actively trying to do it. And like, I guess we don't have a golden answer because it's not like oh well we put out an album we follow this method and everything's everywhere you know it's like <laughs> we're still no. trying to no, find no. what works for yeah. us as well right so it's you're just so, so social media like uh your facebook twitter instagram whatever mm. are you guys using that as a primary Absolutely. tool yeah. to, yeah. to hit the audiences i think to, it's to build a must them? at this point you yeah you have to, you have have to. Like it's, yeah like if you're not doing it you're kidding yourself like it may not be exactly what we want the industry to be going to or like where you would like to be spending your time but if you're not doing it then you're only hurting yourself i think because i mean we did a meet the buyers talent buyers thing in london one night and the first question was how are your socials what are yeah. your stats yeah you know it's it's all about that right now yeah like it you could be the most amazing singer songwriter and you don't have a website or a facebook page then they don't think you, you need, need to kind of be doing it already mm -hmm. um in a sense like you, okay you already have this established okay so then you have an audience that is proof on your socials you know i think that's what a lot of people look at yeah I start to feel like we're getting into a Black Mirror episode here. Yeah. It's all about the likes. It's crazy. If, it's it's not exactly yeah. like we're the elder millennials, if you will. Like we're not <laughs> technically millennials, but like we're in our mid thirties, and uh, it's just the way that everything is going. If you want to attract an audience, yeah. you just and it's also a to great tool it. to advertise yourself, to show what you're mm -hmm. doing, and to gain. You know, yeah, fan. I see you posting yeah. whatever you guys are playing For local sure. and yeah. everything. It's like, oh, oh yeah, no, oh, those things work. I can't go. <laughs> I, I find the interesting thing about putting the music out now, though, especially with, um, you know, with Spotify and the, and the other big streaming services, is that, you know, more and more the music is actually, we're actually sliding back to the days of the 50s and the, the early 60s where, you know, it was all about the single. Mm -hmm. I mean, I see that a lot. Yeah. I mean, the number mm -hmm. of people who have started to reach a decent profile, the, the you know, the people that that I play and, and, and interview, more and more mm -hmm. people are saying, well, here's the first track. You know, mm -hmm. this is the first single. Um, you know, I find it sometimes frustrating because like, I want the album. Yeah. I want to <laughs> hear them all. Hear the but, the, you know, because if you can get that breakthrough track, you know, yeah. and it's that track that might get picked up, yeah. you know, by one of these key influencing playlists, then that helps to build yeah, momentum for, sure. for yeah. other things. And it's, I guess it's the same way that, that social media works. You yeah. know, if you mm -hmm. can get that, you know, grab people's attention, yep. um, yeah. will really move things yeah. along. Yeah. I, I happened to watch a podcast and the guy was saying that uh, the release of multi-track uh, albums, anything is going to go away. 
-hmm. people are just going to release one, release another. Yeah. Two months later, release another. Two months later, release another. And it's like, I, I don't know, that sort of consumption doesn't seem right. Yeah. Doesn't, you know, yeah, you, I, when you, because you can't, you know, you know, play the, the heck out of a song for two months until yeah, well, you get a new one. Yeah, <laughs> it almost, it's sad, but it's like, it's the consumerism, right? It's like, they, nobody wants you to have anything for too long now. It's like classic rock is the last thing that's done that. Now they want a song that's a hit for two months and then they want, they want another, another song one. after that. Right? It's almost like we, well, that's why you, you, a lot of things have gone down in uh, quality in all aspects of life because they want you to buy another one. Yeah, I think you're older than you claim. I, know, right? well, I, I don't want to be a curmudgeon, but it's just kind of the way that it's going. And like you said, it's like it's not where we want it to be going, but it's just where it is. And you kind of have right? to roll yeah. with it. Like, yeah. Yeah. We've put out EPs. So we've done the five song EP thing, you know, and that's kind of like a version of that. So it's like a quick album or like a... Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, a short spin of something. But um, the last album we did was a full a full length, and then this one will be full too. We have eleven songs. Yeah, mm. yeah. So we have. I, you know, I, I maybe it's because I'm old school. I I still think I prefer that because I, you know, I, you know, I'm interested in the artists and their music, yeah. and you right. know, and you know, when I'm interviewing people, I want three or four to pick from. Right. Yeah. Because actually, I'm going to play through. I mean, I want at least three or four yeah. to pick yeah. from. I. Do worry, though, you know, it's almost putting all your eggs in one basket, mm -hmm. you know, because if that single doesn't go, then what do you do? You try another one and that doesn't go. And then, you know, you're, mm -hmm. you're pro I mean, because it, it's not everybody has the ability, yeah. um, you know, to be able to hit the mark mm -hmm. time after time after yeah. time. I mean, yeah. obviously, that separates the people at the, you know, the very top from from a lot of other people coming up behind them. Yeah. The other thing that does bother me, and I've noticed that recently, is the number of songs that start to sound the same oh, yeah. because everybody's trying to pitch for streaming services. Mm -hmm. You know, it gets back There's to one of the favorite over. things you like to say, you know, like with a YouTube video, what is it, the first few seconds? Yeah, yeah 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Yeah. And it's the same on, you know, on a yeah. streaming service. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I have to be honest, I well, I have too much music to listen to to, mm -hmm. to, to spend my time listening to streaming. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it, I guess what we're saying is that things are uh, continuing to change. Yeah, they're evolving. Yeah, it's fast-paced. It, it may never stop evolving. I mean, yeah. we were in a position with LPs for so long and then, you know, cassettes, mm -hmm. CDs. I mean, it's always been changing, yeah. just changing at a much slower pace. Yeah. You know, now it's like daily, the landscape changes yeah. daily, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's not so much the format of what is being recorded now. It's how you're being released and where it's got to be and who, yeah. you know, like like from an artist standpoint, I feel like writing an album and a body of work is the most satisfying way of doing anything like that. Like, I feel like, if, like you said, if you put all of everything in one basket and there's 25 or 30 writers working on this one song and then it doesn't go, it's like, oh, like I would rather put out 15 songs you know and have all of them not go <laughs> but at least you like you know like you well put, you're an artist yeah, yeah exactly right like i don't know but that's just the yeah. way that i feel but yeah, yeah. okay yeah. so let's let's talk about your entrepreneurial situation with barn on the farm sure yeah. and that's a, for the audience uh they live on a farm they have a barn, yes, and they've a very nice somewhat, barn. <laughs> somewhat converted it to uh, accommodate some little concerts. Yeah, and uh, so uh, go ahead, tell us about it. 
Okay, yeah, we uh, recently moved back to Katie's family farm uh, in the past three years now. Uh, there's a, a corn crib in the back that has lovely cathedral ceilings. <laughs> and uh, we've every year we've kind of added a little bit more. But the first year that we did this, we just built the stage and we rented chairs. And we, we want this to be a, sh- a show for the artist and the listeners. And so we i think it goes hand in hand when you have a group at, like the place seats about 120 <clears throat> and we want everybody that comes to know that they're coming to listen and we want the artists to know that the audience is coming to listen also so bring your chops and mm-hmm. you'll get yeah. compensated for it like every <laughs> we don't really make like profit off the shows we everything that comes from ticket sales goes to the artists so w- when we play the shows we get paid so mm-hmm. technically, but like now that we have the venue in order, we <clears throat> everything goes to the artist. So every bit of ticket sales that well, we can. I can say artist. I've been to two of them and mm-hmm. they're great. I mean, everybody has fun. Everybody enjoys it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've had exceptional, you know, guest artists there mm-hmm. and you guys do a great job, too. You know, so it's Thank like you. it's Thanks, yeah. it's very enjoyable time. And I it, had it, the luxury yeah. of videotaping them, so yeah, yeah, they're yeah. out there. Check they, they are. You should <laughs> check them out. He does a great job. It's really like house concerts in a, in yes. a wonderful barn. Mm. Mm. Now, currently, you, I think you're going to have one this year. I we think do. June the twenty second. That's going to be a cedar release show for you. Um, we're thinking we we haven't released the lineup yet. We're still kind of working it out, but because we are releasing this album um, within the next month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, we are definitely going to be playing a set and showcasing some of that. Um, but yeah, details will be um, out soon for that. Yeah. And people can pick them up through your website and yes, then on social um, media? We actually have a Burn on the Farm page on the Fresh Breath Band website. So you can find all kinds of info there. Yeah, B-O-T-F at the top of the page. Yep, B-O-T-F, yeah. Burn on the Farm. Um, yeah, we'll have tickets on sale online and um, physical tickets as well. Yeah, oh, great. We're going to try and keep growing it every year. Uh, Every time that we do this, it's a third year now. We're trying to get, we always want to have top-notch performers so that the people that are, they're not afraid to buy a ticket to come out. And we live in the middle of nowhere. It's only about 15 minutes from Kingsville and Leamington. But we are, we live on a farm. But for the the people who haven't been there, I'll mention some of the names. I've been there. Christine Campbell. Sarah Smith, mm-hmm. the Oches, I mean, like really good performers. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm glad that both times I went there and I met Christine and Sarah and, and then we did sessions with them mm-hmm. and like, like top notch. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, some and of just the wonderful people too. Like we yeah, always, no, great the motto, approachable. yeah, the motto of the barn and the farm is uh, all gratitude, no attitude. So we just try and bring that into everything that we do there just to the people that show up uh it's byob so you can bring your own beverage you can bring your favorite drink cocktails you know that's only a couple hours long it always ends up being low-key nobody gets out of hand for the most part touch wood uh maybe us but uh (laughs) but uh yeah so like we just try and make it it, i think you know if you had uh you have some nice reach with mm-hmm. it because I ran into a couple that was at the last one mm-hmm. and we were talking. I said, well, you know, do you know anybody here? And they said, no. 
No, we saw it online and we mm-hmm. thought, wow, this is really cool. Let's let's go. Right. You yeah. know, Word and it's like, well, yeah. that's that's really great. You, you know, just so you can pull people from thin air, essentially. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah. hoping to grow it every single year. Like I have crazy visions of taking one section of 40 acres and fencing it off and having camping and the, <laughs> and the big, you know, uh, stage, stage and, and everything. But like, and who knows? Like, Barn stock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? You never know if it, it grows. We want it to grow organically. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves, yeah. but especially next year, because we're going to be doing this full time. We're going to be putting more work into the barn and uh, maybe have a bigger lineup, a bit longer, some food trucks, stuff like that, and just try and grow yeah. it. Yeah, it's always the challenge because then you suddenly run to the well the insurance aspect that yep. mm-hmm. you know makes house concerts they can be a little tricky if mm-hmm. especially um, you know if it appears that people are paying for a ticket to go and mm. that could cause issues. I have yeah. some close friends who um, actually when a festival folded they they moved it to their own farm and mm-hmm. they. You know, the, rather than having a three-day festival, they had a you know one-day festival. One day, and yeah. Saturday was fabulous. They would have like a couple hundred people, mm-hmm. um, you know, a bunch of bands, you know, food and everything. Yeah. But then quickly realized after two or three years of it, suddenly it was like, well, people are saying, well, you're getting people camping there, and you have a pond, and people can swim, and oh, yeah. you know, and suddenly yeah. the insurance aspects just saying, look, you know, it's yeah. uh, it it becomes more challenging, yeah. and you get into that whole issue of. You know, how do you run an event that starts to look a bit like a festival without making sure all of these things are covered? Yeah, Yeah, dot your I's and cross your T's. If you have a friend that sells insurance, but it is a great thing. And (laughs) certainly, people in Essex County definitely. Uh, check out the barn and the farm because yeah, as Gary mentions, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Good time. Yeah. It's been great to have you with us. Um, we're going to start sliding to the end of the show. And what we have now is what we call around the table. It's actually a bit of fun. Uh, gives you a <laughs> chance to, we're going to give you some um, little questions and just get your perspective on them. I'm going to start off with, because you mentioned gigs before, but um, worst gig ever. You don't have to name names, but at least tell us about <laughs> um, what the the challenge was. Okay, um, this was quite a while ago. Um, I don't know how to say this. Um, we had been playing at a venue, kind of like a weekly thing. Oh, I know. What you're and um, we thought everything had been going great. Um, the last time that we played, it was kind of an issue to get paid. One of those things oh, where yeah. you always had to chase down the person. Um, they would always kind of hide or become unavailable. And um, I was always kind of the, the what would you call it? The uh, heavy? Yeah. <laughs> She's um, the muscle. I'm the muscle. So yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe there was a bit of misunderstanding with payment. And um, we got fired from the gig that night. She's <laughs> a little too heavy headed. And um, <laughs> we thought, okay, that's fine. Whatever. Uh, we'll leave. But we ended up realizing that we left a speaker in the bar and they had locked the door behind us, kind of thing, as we left. It was like the end of the night. And I kind of went back to be like, wait, the speaker. And they're like, no, <laughs> like, please, yeah. <laughs> please let me back in. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was the first thing that popped into my head. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely gig. the worst gig ever. <laughs> yeah. What about the best gig ever? Oh, there's been a lot. They're all so different. Um, I don't know. I'd say the best, most exciting time, I think, ever for me personally was... Uh, 
when we opened up almost directly for Tea Party in Windsor when mm-hmm. we had our first uh, five piece band and uh, we played right before Salt at the Chief Cornerstone played and then Tea Party played and our drummer at the time had a Tea Party album tattoo on his arm <laughs> like it was just a big and like the set went really well and then we got to hang out backstage and for me I think that was like one of the best gigs Just as far as huge crowd and just the energy of the place, I thought that was, in my opinion. Good one. Yeah. Okay, next one. What is your favorite music format? Format. Uh, 78s. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? It's really hard ones when you hit them, they shatter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got lots of stories about 78s. Yeah, that was how I got into music. I honestly, I think just CD for me was probably the best just because of the turn from cassette to CD and how easy it was to flip from songs and how good everything sounded. And then, like I said, I love the big book flipping through things <laughs> like and just like, oh, it's like a kid in a candy store when you have too many of them. Right. I feel like that is my favorite format. Is that what you think, too? Yeah, I guess so. That's like m- most nostalgic thing for me when I, like, when yeah. I think about format. Yeah. What about you, Gary? <laughs> Albums. Well, I, LPs. I have LPs. I have two, 200 of them in the basement. Wow. And uh, although they're relatively worthless you know even <laughs> though i have you know like original issue pink floyd dark side of the well I, I should probably you take can, them home with me today you can uh, <laughs> you can pick those up on ebay for yeah. next to nothing yeah. but yeah. it was the you know the posters and mm. all that stuff uh, you know i i would say that i would agree vinyl definitely although i have to be honest you know when i moved to north america i foolishly because I didn't want to store the collection, got rid of it. And I had, you know, I had I had laser etched discs and everything in huh. those days. I had some really good stuff, which would have been worth some money if I'd actually yeah. kept it yeah. and looked after it. But um, it's funny because every now and again I meet somebody who says, oh, I love cassettes. In fact, yeah. I think yeah. Gary might have said that to me. Yeah. He says they might be coming back. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, it's a, pretty, a very limited fashion. Just when really. you're pulling them out and you had to get the yeah, pencil and wind them in. You know, like, could be I, worse. I don't, I don't, yeah. Could yeah. be an 8-track. I always say that anybody who lived through cassettes the first time would not want them to come back. Yeah. <laughs> not want them to come we back. We inherited a, a couple of uh, uncles of Katie's lp like boxes so like we've recently been digging into them mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun to for the nostalgia f- oh, factor yeah. of going through the, all the old albums and seeing the way that they were released and it's still i still mean to get off track but it still blows my mind how any of it's recorded like how a needle <laughs> runs on a, you know what i mean like that blows my mind the fact that yeah. you put a, a tape in blows my mind a cd blows my mind it's all <laughs> it's all yeah it's, it's all, all which everybody can it's see that his mind is easily blown yeah, yeah, that's so. good. yeah one last question beetles or stones beetles i was gonna say the beetles too i figured they'd be very they're into the very melodic type stuff. <laughs> I, I, I was rough. actually yeah. would have rough. thought they would have said both. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do love the Stones, too. Yeah. Okay, well, early Beatles, late Beatles. Later Beatles. Yeah. Oh, I would go early Beatles. Oh, early to mid Beatles. Mm. <laughs> it's all good. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's all Agreed. Good. Yeah. That's the person who's into death metal. No, it's not death metal. <laughs> it's not death metal. It's not death metal. <laughs> Melodic. Melodic. Yeah. Melodic metal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, look, it's been great to have you join us. This has been the first episode of The Business of Music. I'm Jan Hall. You can find me online at folkrootsradio.com. I interview a lot of people. Uh, I also host the Sun Parlor Coffeehouse Sessions, which are actually recorded in this wonderful space with Gary Glass behind all of the cameras. Generally. <laughs> yeah. And you can find me at quantumsoundproductions.ca. And there's other links to this show and to other things that we do. Yeah. And before we let you go, one last question. What I want you to give me is that one piece of advice that you would give an aspiring musician starting out in their career, or perhaps if you were going back in time and you were sitting with little Josh and little <laughs> Katie and giving them advice, what would it be? I have something that came to mind. Sure. Go ahead. Um, stop comparing yourself to others. It doesn't help anything. <laughs> it's so easy to get trapped in the, oh, look what they're doing, or we should be doing that, or they're doing more than us. Um, and it's just not fair to yourself, and it's not fair to them. You're on a different path, you're in a different time, and it's all okay, you know. Um, it's it's okay to, you know, to, to look at what people are doing, but to compare, I feel like it just, it just destroys your joy of, of your moment, you know, and um, it's it's not about them. <laughs> it's about yeah. you. You just have to get out there yourself and just continue doing what you're doing and just believe in what you're saying and great things will happen. Yeah. And just be a cheerleader for everybody, you know, um, uh, just like you would want them to be for you. That kind of gets back to that fresh breath thing. What mm -hmm. is it? Peace, love, and fresh breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Thanks again. We'll Thanks see you next everybody. time. Thanks, Thanks for having and, us. I uh, hope you come back for more. You've been listening to The Business of Music, hosted and produced by Jan Hall from Folk Roots Radio and Gary Glass from Quantum Sound Productions. The Business of Music is directed by Gary Glass and recorded in the Quantum Sound Production Studio in Kingsville, Ontario. Visit us on YouTube and SoundCloud. We'll see you next time.